You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We will talk about a response of men to the birth of Jesus Christ. And the reason why a lot of people probably are surprised, you don't have a lot of money, you're having a hard time with your life, you're struggling in your marriage, and yet you can say, God, thank you still that I don't have much and yet I can still celebrate the season. I can have joy and peace because I have Christ in my life. In fact, in the same chapter of our discussion this evening speaks of the angels' response that they said, Gloho! You're familiar with that song? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. The remark of the angels are fascinating. That they just can't help but glorify God. And that song, known as Gloria, it is from the Bible. And it speaks of their encounter with God. How many of you here, every time you are in a situation, at times you catch yourself, whether you're emotional or, or, or sentimental about your situation, you, you catch yourself singing uh, and, or probably humming. For those who can sing, just hum, okay? How many of you here, you love to sing? Okay? I'm not talking if you're off-key okay, or in the right key, okay? It's not about the right voice, but having the right heart. And the reason why I'm saying all of this because the songs that Mary and Zechariah and the angels are of the same key or should have the same tone because of their understanding of God. Our message is so simple. Everything that we are doing is just a response to our experience of God. We cannot twist your arm or coerce you to worship God. You will end up worshiping God if you have experienced God. So uh, my job is not to tell you how to worship or how to give, how to be generous. My job is to help you understand that God has been good, faithful, and true. And this will cause you to worship God. And I want to tell you of a story of the shepherds during the time of Jesus. Imagine with me, okay, that you're one of the shepherds in a starry night uh, in the Judean countryside. And suddenly an angel appeared, a holy, majestic messenger from heaven. This is not a typical baby-looking winged figure. This is an angelic visitation. And, and, and because of this, angels in, in the Word of God is described as grand beings that you just can't help but be surprised. Remember the story of Mary? Mary was a devoted woman of God. When she saw an angel, she was also afraid because this doesn't happen every single day. Now imagine with me right now, you're sitting right here or probably in your room or somewhere and suddenly out of the blue, I am an angel. I mean, I'm not an angel, but what I'm trying to say is that somebody will surprise you. And the story is about an angel giving a message. This came as a surprise. And when an angel appears, there is a message that wants to be communicated. So if you have your Bibles right now, turn it to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. There was a spotlight probably, and they were filled with great fear. Now imagine with me, what kind of reaction, what kind of facial expression, right? Okay? And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for you and me. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the? 
And this will be a sign for you will find a baby wrapped in, swaddling, and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. What are they doing? Praising, singing. Gloria. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. That was just a message. Glory to God. Why can't they help themselves but express how glorious God is? Because they understand the angels knew the nature that a God who doesn't have any idea, sinless like him, perfect God, doesn't have a clue to be a man, opted to be with us. This is the story of Christmas. Can you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us that the story of Christmas is you coming into this world, giving us rest and peace. Lord, I pray that in the midst of all the festivities, vacations, and Lord, the parties and the gifts, Lord, that we will find peace not on the things that will be given to us or that was given to us, but we will find peace in Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. For unto you, not unto him. Isn't it amazing that God decides to do things for us and not for himself? Most of the time we do things for ourselves. Remember, every time you make a decision, you will always ask yourself, what's in it for me? But God made a decision for us. Everything that God did, if you check your life, check the gospel, check everything, it's not about what he wants and what he can get. Everything that God decides is always for us, never for him. That's the story of the gospel. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that there is a Christ who created the whole world and was born okay, in this planet. And I know that a lot of you here probably are asking a similar question. Why do you have to explain that, God, that, that Christ was born? Because, again, a God who is lofty and mighty, just like any other religion, will wait for man to understand God. But God became one of us so that he'll understand our language. Now, I was reminded when somebody shared to me the gospel of how to communicate to an ant without touching an ant. Have you tried one? Just for discussion purposes. Don't do it tonight, okay? In order for you to communicate to an ant without touching an ant is to become an ant. So you can communicate to the ant and you become an ant man. No, no, you, you, you can communicate. Same thing. God did not wait for man to speak his language. That he waited on his throne and waited for man to make adjustments. But he went down to be with us. That's what love can do. That's what love is. That you don't wait for the other party to hear from you. You make adjustments to hear the other party. Hugot, I know, if you are loveless. You can use this illustration as well. For unto you is, the, is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus the Savior, the Anointed One, the Lord. This is an image of who God is to this Great declaration, the audience or the shepherds that are very, very intriguing for me. Why would God or the angels reveal the coming of the Savior, the birth of the Savior to shepherds? I mean, I would understand if he would reveal to the priests or religious beings or pastors or individuals. But these are individuals that are rejected. Shepherds during the time are rejected. They are categorized 
uh, alongside with tax collectors, people that are looked down maligned of, and prostitutes. In fact, if you are a shepherd during their time, and if you witness a crime, your, your testimony is not admissible in court. That's how they would treat a shepherd. This is helping you. So, so they're not part of the society. Why? Because they're not allowed to go to the temple. Because they're messy and they're smelly and they're dirty. Shepherds are like that. Their number one responsibility is to take care of the sheep. Why? Because sheep during your time are, are used for Levitical purposes, offered, right? As an offering, offered to God. So they would take care of a sheep, but they're not allowed to enter a temple because they're smelly and messy. Now we realize studying uh, all, all of this that there is a sheep that becomes the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And all of these stories are intertwined. That a shepherd taking care of the sheep to be offered as an offering was similar to what will happen to Christ 2,000 years or probably years after. And the reason why I would want to really put an emphasis on how unworthy shepherds are because I can see myself in this situation. All of us are not worthy, unworthy of the love of God. And this is what I like about the mercy and the grace of God. The mercy of God gave us forgiveness that what the grace of God adopted us into His family. I can be merciful. I can forgive somebody who has taken advantage of me, who has hurt me, who has offended me. But to adopt you in my family, that's another story. Let somebody adopt you. Do you understand? This is what we're talking about. So Christmas is God reaching out to unworthy men. How many of you here are unworthy? All of us are unworthy. We don't deserve God's love. But God says in His Word, you don't deserve my love. It's not your call. It's my call. Isn't it amazing that there are days we say, Lord, I don't think I deserve you. I don't think, Lord God, that I deserve your love. I don't think that I'm worthy of your love, but God says, that's your call. This is my call. I love you. Lord, look at my past. I don't deserve your love. I can look at your past, but my decision is to still love you. Love is perfected when you don't feel unlovable. There are days that you feel like huggable, lovable, because you're cute. There are days that you feel like, Lord, I can be loved today. I attended church. I gave into the tithes. I'm part of the music team. I'm leading a victory group. I'm involved in church. I think you love me. Love to the highest can only be experienced when we are at the lowest. When we are down and out. We don't feel like that we are lovable. That's where you will experience the love of God. This is why in Luke Chapter 2, same chapter, verse 11 to 14, it says right here, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. There's a baby. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. This is important. Because we need to be reminded that God did not only come to save humanity. In order for God to save humanity, God has to be a God. Do you understand? That the God that we serve, the God that we worship, is both 100% God and 100% human. Why is that so? Because if God is only 100% human, though He understands us, He can't save us. Only a God can save a sinner like you. He has to be a God to save you. But He is also 100% man to understand you. If you're sick, 
if he's just 100% divine and he's not 100% human, he can't relate, he can't understand you. Some of you that are loveless, some of you that, that are struggling looking for the right one, singles, right? Am I correct? Lord, do you understand? I just like him, but he's married. Lord, I like this guy, but he's in kids' church. I mean, <laughs> okay, please, okay. I hope nobody has that dilemma. Okay? And, and, and the reason why I mention this, because if you're down and out, depressed and discouraged, how many of you here are thankful that God understands your dilemma, your situation, because Christ was once a man. And if you're sick, thank you, Lord, that you understand me. To be liberated from this, I need a God to heal me. This is why probably the angels are saying, glory to God, glory. How many of you here, you've been in that situation, even once, where you don't deserve it, and yet God is blessing your life. Praise God. Anybody here? You just can't help, Lord, even though I'm not even raising my hand in church. Man, you're, you're, you're blessing my life. I mean, you, there are days we're in, you can relate to the angelic hosts. That you can't help but express in, in worship what God is doing in your life. There is also a day where in you're depressed and yet you can worship God. I'm telling you right now, it's also amazing. This is why I just can't help that more than just what we want in life, when you have the presence of God, it's heaven. My question with you right now, if God is not in heaven, do you want to go to heaven? Heaven can be great when the presence of God is manifested. So even if the place is good, if God is nowhere to be found, it's not heaven. This is why in a time of worship, I do pray that more than just the routines that we have and we're raising our hands, I do pray that we will experience the presence of God. And some of us are so busy trying to look for peace. Start with the presence of God and peace will be provided. Because the God that we serve states right here in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. God's glory is expressed through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he opposed the universe with the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is God's expression. Christ is expression of his glory. This is why more than anything else, before we can experience the peace of God in this planet, before we can experience joy and security, we have to understand that God is glorious. And when something is glorious... It influences every nook and cranny of life. You know, it's good that you pray when you're sick, but one of the best experiences that I've had when I'm sick is that to worship God. No amount of sin or sickness can stand in the presence of God. Try worshiping God. You'll you'll get well because you are right at the center of the presence of God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. That the presence of God and how lofty and high He is brings forth peace. Why? Because the presence of God gives us security. He's big, He's huge. He's on top of our situation. No matter what's happening in your life, because God is glorious and in the highest, He brings peace and security in our midst. Let me give you an example. When I was in first year high school, somebody bullied me, okay? 
But this is what I've been doing for years since I was in grade 5. Every year, the first day of the year, okay? First day of the class, I would look for the biggest bully in the campus. I would befriend that person. So I befriended a fourth-year uh, high school student, bigger than anyone in his class. So when somebody was bullying me in the corridor, I saw him from afar and called his attention. Somebody's bullying me. You know, he came forward. He came rushing into my situation. Everybody fled. And I was experiencing the peace of God. <laughs> because the guy is the biggest bully of all. I mean, you bring that to our situation. Probably you don't have money. You're sick. You're having a hard time with your, with your marriage. And to just remind you the reason why you're at times having a hard time, because you have not invited the presence of God. A lot of problems may arise if God is uninvited. Remember this, that during the time of, or the era of the New Testament, the Roman government declared what they call as Pax Romana. You familiar with that? Pax Romana, okay, is, is, is a period of peace, okay? I like how the Roman emperor would declare peace, but the problem with man is not really war externally. No wars, okay? Just like what's happening right now. There's a tension between China or America, and there's a tension. People can do away with that, but the problem is that the, the, the war that we are struggling with are not really the, the conflict with other people or other countries. There is a war happening in the heart of men. In fact, there is this great uh, philosopher by the name of Epictetus. You know this guy, Epictetus? Neither do I, but, but I like what he said, okay? I'm not familiar with him, but, but it's from him, okay? The emperor may give peace from war on land and sea. He is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. It's like our beloved president. He can wage a drug war. The problem is not drugs, it's the heart. This is the reason why we have a church, I'm not saying that we fix the heart, but we know that it is God who will fix the heart. And as we understand the language of God, we can work with God. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more. No leader, no emperor, no uh, a famous figure can really do away with war because real war is happening right here. Do away with a conflict inside. All external wars will fade. You know why you're, you, you have a fight with your wife? Not because you don't love her, but because there's this conflict from deep within. You know why you have a fight with your brother or your mother or your sister? Because there's war from deep within. You fix that war in your heart. Everything will fall in the right places. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of God. That when you introduce the presence of God, peace will take place. Some of us were struggling. Lord, I want a peaceful life. I want people to pray for me that we will have peace. I want to tell everybody, peace, be with you, peace, be with you, peace, be with you, and also with you. And we've been doing that for years, right? How come we don't have peace? Because the problem is that we want peace, but we don't want the presence of God. Peace is only a product of the presence of God. It is not something that you work for. It is, it is not something that you fabricate. It is when you are in the presence of God. How many of you here, you've been in a, in a situation where you don't have money, you're loveless, you're afraid, but you are right smack at the center of the presence of God? Nakangiti ka pa? Have you been in that situation? Kung hindi pa, just agree. I've been there, okay? Now, I want you to imagine the other way around. You have everything. You have money, you have wealth, you have 
a job, you have a great family, you can buy whatever you want and remove God from the picture, you will not be satisfied. Nobody in this room can and will say, I'm satisfied. I have reached my destination. I'm full. Because while you're living in this planet, you are never full. And for somebody to say that he is full, he is a fool. This is making sense. Because when you remove God from your situation, even if you have everything, you will long for more. Because the things of this world cannot give you the satisfaction. Only when you have Christ. In fact, when you have Christ and you don't have everything, you can live with satisfaction. Because that's what you need, Christ. So the peace that we need is the peace that gives us the presence of God. This is why glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. Peace. What is peace? In the Hebrew uh, context, the word peace came from the word shalom. That's how they would say it in, 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 uh, in, in Israel. More than just the external peace, that there is a greeting that, that desires for internal peace. Because the goal of this greeting is to secure a person that this is not just about removal from conflict. It is enjoying God. Is this helping you? Therefore, even if you strive or struggle or try your best to come up with something that, that is peaceful, you can listen to a nice music in a great atmosphere. You can go to a mountain, go inside a cave, bring your, 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 your iPad and, and listen to a worship song. If you don't have Christ in your heart, you'll never have peace because the presence of God is peace. It is when you welcome the presence of God. This is why, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those, among, say the word among. The peace that the word of God is validating and, and harping on is not just the peace that, that God is simply saying that you're restless in your heart. You need me in your heart. You need me in your life. You need me in your business. You need me in that relationship. Welcome me. You will know that God is invited in your midst when everything that you do is based on what God wants. Your first reaction, if you don't have money, mangutang. Why? Why? Because you take on certain responsibilities when God is nowhere to be found. But when you have God, you give it to God. This is what will come out of your life when you have peace from within. You will have peace among or with the people that you interact with. You know, one of the things I realized, I was taught by my parents to forgive magpatawad ka. How many of you here, even though you forgive people, you can still remember what they've done to you? It's hard. Why? Because the healing is just your own way of healing. It's not from God. This is making sense. You allow God to heal you. And the healing of God comes from reflecting on the whole idea that you have offended God. Somebody has offended you, but you have also offended God. And the question is, how did God treat you? Was He gracious to you? Was He loving to you? And the gospel tells us that the kind of forgiveness, the peace that He wants from people like us is not just to forgive people. For example, somebody has offended you. In this kind of setting, you just don't forgive the person. You go out of your way and help that person. No way! Because I was once a victim of somebody's disapproval, somebody's harshness. I mean, isn't that enough to forgive? 
the person. But look at what Jesus did for all of us. He did not only forgive, uh, forgive us, brought to His mercy, just like what I've mentioned, He adopted us. I will not only forgive you, I'll treat you like my own. Lord, come on. How many of you here, you have reason with God? Though you know in your heart you need to forgive people, but you have reason with God, I cannot forgive him. I cannot just, Lord, my ex-boyfriend, it suddenly changes. Because your heart, how many of you here, in the middle of your anger, something has changed? Because the gospel is working. Something is changing. Because the gospel, though you find it impossible, but I want you to know that though it's impossible to forgive and to reach out and to go out of your way, it is not easy, but doable. It can be done. And you don't strive, Lord, how to do this, how to approach this, what are the steps in order for me to forgive and love? Because I want to follow God, I want to be real. That's not going to happen. There are steps, there are responsibilities that you have to do, but first be marinated. I like that word because I love to eat. Uh, be, marin- be marinated by the love of God. Yung puspus ka sa pagmamahal ni Lord, okay? It took me one year to study that word. But, but, but you're, you're soaked in, in, in the gospel, in the love of God. That you can't help and say, for, nasabi ko yun? Some of you here, hindi kayo marunong mag-sorry. And when you came to know the Lord, the Lord changed your heart. Out of the blue, you said, sorry. Nilagnat ka nung nag-sorry ka? You did not think of it that when you offend people, you say sorry, but it naturally comes out because the gospel is working. Why? Because the presence of God wants peace with people. He wants relationships to be restored. So it is the presence of God that gives you peace. Glory to God in the highest, not just okay, peace inside, but peace among. And peace among those with whom He is pleased. This is Peace with God. But of course, the peace with God should start first and then within. And then your peace with other people. But just to be chronological in our study today, there is no number one, number two, number three. When you have God, peace with men, peace within yourself will take place. And the beauty of this son that was sent for all of us is that every morning you can wake up and say, Lord, thank you that I have not your enemy because we're at peace. The peace that we have with God was demonstrated on the cross. It was us who offended God. Am I correct? Because of our sins, we have offended God. Who ran after man to be forgiven? Was it us who ran after God or God after man? It was God who ran after you. I find that ridiculous because if you offend me, you run after me. It's your fault. Hanapin pa kita. Do you understand? If I lent you my car and you, if you mess my car, will I go out of my house and say, Nobody would do that. You approach me. You apologize. But I'm glad God is not like that. You sin against God. He paused for a while and say, This man can't handle his situation. Amen. How do I fix this? I have a son. And the way to work with this person, the way to fix his relationship, to send you to pay for his sins. Christmas 
is an amazing story from our perspective. Amen? Beautiful story. Can we give God the glory for that? Beautiful story that He sent His Son. It is exciting from our perspective. Ang ganda. But from the perspective of the Father, ano maganda dyan? I lost a son. That's not beautiful. The problem with us is that we only see our perspective. We don't see the perspective of God. Now, if you're a parent, I don't pray for this, that you lose your child. Try. If you are and you have, if you're in your right mind, I mean, just imagine. You can't even imagine that, right? We're celebrating Christmas. Shut up, Let's eat, exchange gifts and everything. And Christmas bonuses, come on now. Have you been in a funeral? Where people are celebrating. Come on. Nobody would celebrate the death of a family member. That's what we're doing right now. But we're celebrating. And I'm not trying to tell you, don't celebrate. We're celebrating. Because God is celebrating that you are free from sin. Do you understand? That you are free from sin. That you are alive in Christ. That you are no longer your own. You're possessed by God. So the coming of His Son gives us peace. The presence of God is peace. Christmas is a celebration of the presence of God that brings peace. And we can only find that peace in Christ. This peace is at the very core of our relationship with Christ. It is the presence of God, not the absence of worries, that brings peace to man. If you take a closer look, for on any given day, we're not peace-loving individuals. You know who we are? We're rebellious. How many of you here, you have days that you're rebellious? No jaywalking. We're rebellious. Your attitude is so irritating. But remember, that from the vantage point of God, you are valuable. Your value is dependent on how much He paid for it. I just, I cannot understand that. And yet, we are here right now celebrating of the promise fulfilled that He will send a son and He will be called Emmanuel, which means He is with us. That His presence is in heaven to all of us. That His presence is peace. And His presence is security. And His presence is joy. And His presence is what we need. Christmas is just another month. You just don't experience peace on Christmas Day or on December. Ladies and gentlemen, Christmas can be every day. Because peace is every day. When you have Christ in the presence of God. So when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and baby lying in a manger. Their encounter with an angel provoke them to witness and go and check. I hope 
in the same manner when we encounter Christ or as we have encountered Christ. You don't see your unworthiness. You don't see that you're messy and dirty. You see that God, Christmas is not just for me to experience the peace of God. Look up here for a while. We're almost done. I promise you. Christmas is not just a moment of experiencing the peace of God. Did you know that? As you experience the peace of God, you can be a vessel of the peace of God. In simple gatherings, in uh, 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 a party, or probably with, with a few individuals that you interface with, or the people that, that are in need, find an opportunity where in all of this busy schedule and all the, the parties and all the gift-giving, you can say, it is important and possible that you can have peace when you invite God into your heart and invite the presence of God. Because the presence of God is peace. It is my prayer for all of us that as we invite Christ in our hearts and grow into our understanding that it is only the presence of God that gives us the true security, joy, and peace and nothing in this world that we will need you will be surprised that whether you have a Christmas bonus or you're invited in a party or not at all, you don't really care. Because God, I have you, and you alone is more than enough. Now, Lord, thank you for this week. Because your presence is heaven to us. Your presence, Lord God, is what we are fond of, excited of. Thank you that you've given us peace within ourselves, peace with God and peace with other people among men. Lord, today as we close our eyes, bow our heads, I want God to touch you tonight that the presence of God will be felt wherever you are. So Lord, with the hands that are lifted high as we worship, I pray You don't have to pray. Just say, Lord, you're welcome to touch me tonight. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your presence. Lord, thank you that Jesus, you alone is our peace. That in the midst of the different events, left and right, we can find peace in all of this. As we raise our hands, I declare right now that you'll be sensitive to the presence of God. That you will not be, you'll not get lost and be swamped with all the activities. That Jesus will be your guiding post. That you will not get lost in all of this. You have a guide. That Christmas is not just an activity. It is where you will know God, and you will know Him deeply. Lord, I pray right now that you breathe life into their relationship with you. That they will experience your peace. You can put down your hands as I continue to pray for you. Lord, thank you. Put it down. Lord, I bless these people. And if you are in this gathering at nais mong tanggapin ang Panginoon sa iyong puso, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He is the only one who can give you peace. Pray this prayer after me. Just repeat this prayer. Ipanalangin mo lang ito. Say this, Jesus. Say this once again, Jesus. I repent from all known sins. Jesus, forgive me. I accept you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. 